Hey guys, this is Erin from Roadrun Blonde, and I wanted to tell you about a new feature on ACAST that supports its artists. It's the supporter feature. Listeners to Roadrun Blonde can now donate and support the podcast. However, there's no subscription or commitment. You can just give whenever or whatever you'd like. It's completely up to you. Just find the support the show link in the show description on any episode. You can use Apple Pay or Google Pay, and it takes less than 30 seconds. You can donate anonymously, or you can add a message that I can see. As a podcaster, everything comes directly out of my pocket. I don't get paid to podcast. It's just my passion. So anything is appreciated to keep the show going. Thank you so much, guys. And now on to the show. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash spoken today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Hello and welcome to Red Rum Blonde. This is a true crime podcast. Each week, I'll explore a case, the victims, the facts, and the mystery surrounding it. Some are solved, some remain unsolved. I'm your host, Erin Fleming. Losing a loved one is hard on any family. And there are some families who have their heartache compounded by not knowing where their loved one is or what happened to them. The missing. I mean, just imagine someone you love being out there somewhere and you can't find them. As a parent, I had one of those, I've lost my child for five minutes in a store moments. My son was about three or four at the time, and we were in this clothing store. See, the thing is, I watch him like a hawk, even today, as a teenager. But somehow, it took only a few seconds, and I couldn't find him. And in those few seconds, I really started to panic. And then I heard this little giggling coming from inside the clothing rack. And there he was, thinking it would be so funny to hide from his mom deep inside the clothes. So when I found him, it was this weird mix of relief and anger. But in those few seconds, I've experienced something that these parents experience for years. You know, maybe it's not even a kid that you have. Maybe you have a pet, but you've lost them. So just imagine that feeling of not knowing where someone you value as most precious in the world is. And that's what it's like for the Woods family. Their son was working on a television shoot deep in the woods of Idaho. 
Suddenly, he put down his gear, and he took off running towards the woods. The rest of the crew just stood stunned and confused. And after hours when he didn't return, they all knew something was very wrong. While the TV crew claimed that this was an unprovoked disappearance, the man's family felt something more sinister occurred. And you also have to wonder, does his case have a link to a woman who disappeared on the exact same day, just 56 miles away? This is a baffling one. This week, I'll discuss the disappearance of Terrence Woods Jr. So I used a slew of articles for my research, including a lot from strangeoutdoors.com, who I guess got some of their info from a podcast called Locations Unknown. And I also used an article on Vice by Nana Ba and a really good one on Medium by Kat Lee. I've ended up reading a few by Kat Lee, who is quickly becoming one of my favorite true crime writers. There's just something about the woods. At times, it can be serene, a place to connect with nature. But at the same time, the woods can emote this darker feeling, like there are secrets that shouldn't be discovered there. I have never been one that likes camping or even really being outdoors for too long. Many people are wary of what may be lurking in the forest. There's an extremely popular series called Missing 411 about explained disappearances in the woods. I admit it's intriguing, but it gets a little out there. If you want a really great series, watch Mysteries at the National Parks. I'm a huge fan of Mysteries at the Museum, and I'm always looking for shows that are like it even though they won't be hosted by the ruggedly sexy Don Wildman. One night, I found Mysteries at the National Parks, and the series really shows how ominous the woods and mountains can be for us mere mortals. There are many stories of people just vanishing into thin air. It's really odd. So it got me thinking about Terrence Woods and wanting to explore his story to try to find some kind of answers. 26-year-old Terrence Schemmel Woods Jr. was originally from Capitol Heights, Maryland, and it's about an hour and a half outside of Washington, D.C. He grew up there with his parents and three siblings. Shortly after graduating from high school, he left the States to go to London, England to study at the American International University. The after school, he did a lot of work with different production groups, working on everything from the Voice UK, to various documentaries. Basically, his talent was in the reality world. And that's what led him to the job working for Raw TV, a production company out of London. They were working on the show that would air on the Discovery Channel here in the United States called Gold Rush. The show follows various miners and their search for gold. It's a lot like shows on Discovery where you get more involved with the people and their interactions with each other than you do for the actual reason for them being there. You know, there's Deadliest Catch, Alaskan Bush People, Bering Sea Gold. These are all shows that are like Gold Rush. And there have been quite a few seasons of the successful show. The one they were filming was called Gold Rush, Dave Turin's Lost Mine. So this was a great opportunity for Terrence. Plus, he's a world-traveled guy. The crew was about 12 people, 
Penman Mine is part of the Nez Perce Clearwater National Forest and part of western Idaho. So it goes along the Oregon border to the west of the Montana border on the east. I'm horrible with geography. So I didn't even realize Idaho had this kind of terrain. Terrence was fully prepared though. Like I said, he traveled the world even spending time on wilderness shoots in Alaska and Turkey. So he was ready for this one. He packed his backpack. Inside were batteries, pens, cough drops, phone charger, a tactical knife, and a stun gun. Basically, there's lots of wildlife in the area. Everything from bears to moose to cougars. And although some friends say that he wasn't exactly thrilled to go on the shoot, his older sister, Sharnia Tisdale, said that he was just fine when she talked to him the night before he left. She said he was going to go out and do a job with the film crew, and he was going to come home. Nothing abnormal, and he wasn't acting different. We talk all the time. Terrence disappeared on October 5th, 2018. Just hours before he went missing, he posted a photo on his Instagram of the forest captioned, just Idaho. It was the end of the day, and shooting was about to wrap up. There were apparently two local women who were there to provide the crew with transportation, and Terrence allegedly went up to one of them saying he needed to use the restroom. Then another producer, Simon Gee, said that he saw Terrence drop his two-way radio to the ground. Before he could say anything, Terrence took off in a full sprint towards this very steep cliff. He would later tell Terrence's father he'd never seen anyone run that fast before or since. Although crew members went after him, the terrain was just too rugged. A few came back bloodied with their clothing torn. Their hope was that he would just return and explain why he took off in the first place. Only that didn't happen. Around 6.41 p.m., he was reported missing to the Idaho County Sheriff's Department. Because it was so late in the evening, they decided to conduct their search the next day, bringing in ground crews, helicopters, search dogs, and volunteers. But after looking for six days, the search was officially called off. It was very frustrating for Terrence's parents, Valerie and Terrence Woods Sr. They, of course, had flown into Idaho when they heard their son was missing. As soon as they arrived, they questioned the crew themselves, getting what Terrence Sr. called conflicting reports as to how their son disappeared. Now, their theory is that he was being hassled by someone on the crew. Apparently, he had plans to cut the work trip short. During the whole trip, Terrence Jr. and Sr. had kept in very close contact via phone calls and texts. Terrence Sr. was the one who dropped his son off at the airport for the trip in September. Little did he know, this would be the last he would ever see him. And he didn't recall anything out of the ordinary during these communications. He said his son was in good spirits, sending him pictures of where he was daily. He did send a text saying he would be coming home on the 10th of October. And that was unusual because I guess the shoot was supposed to last until mid-November. No reason was given, and it wasn't discussed further since cell service was a bit sketchy in the area. So there was never clarification because Terrence disappeared that next day. 
The crew later claimed that Terrence had been acting oddly that day, being very quiet, leading many to the theory that he might have had a mental breakdown of some sorts. Producer Simon Gies spoke to Terrence Sr. He claimed that he hired Terrence because he'd come highly recommended. However, Simon found that he, quote, didn't live up to his standards. He would only say that Terrence didn't seem to know what he was doing, and there were other things that he did that Simon didn't like, but he didn't elaborate. He claimed that he had ordered crew members to go after him when he took off, but they backed off not wanting to scare him more. I found that to be a really odd statement. I mean, he's a human being. He's not a deer or a dog or any kind of animal. Why would you scare him off more? And yes, he was a grown man, but why didn't the crew make more of an effort to go after him? This ground was very rugged. Simon and the others say he was going extremely fast, but I mean, how fast can you go down a steep cliff? Terrence's parents found quite a few other things that bothered them about this investigation into their son's disappearance. Law enforcement went to his room, but it had already been gone through by crew members. Now they claimed that they were just getting clothing for the tracking dogs. And apparently police never asked for Terrence's cell phone records or laptop history. They claimed that that would have required search warrants and they weren't so sure that he didn't want to disappear on his own. This is certainly frustrating to his parents that every avenue wasn't gone down. One officer who worked with the search team said Terrence was definitely not in the search area. And they said that they could see that he had slid down this embankment and headed towards the road. And from there, they had no idea. They said if he had been hurt, they would have found him with those dogs. But another officer said he would be surprised if he could have made it out of the area due to the deadfall of the Douglas firs that covered the forest ground. He said this would have been like trying to run through giant pickup sticks. This deadfall was so dense that there were some places your feet wouldn't even touch the ground. And although he was very well-traveled, he would not be a match for these woods. In their opinion, he wanted to be lost. However, his family feel that this is the opposite of what happened. There were never any emotional or mental issues with Terrence. And they strongly feel that the crew knows more than they're letting on. Terrence Sr. suggests that the disappearance might even be racially motivated. He thinks Terrence did possibly make it to the road where someone picked him up. As to why he ran off in the first place, his family suspects trouble with the crew or someone on the crew. Hence his wanting to come home early. I found one very interesting comment in an article online for KLEW News by Armin Ariandin. This is from October 10th, 2018. It's talking about Terrence's disappearance. The reporter spoke to Idaho County Sheriff Doug Giddings, who said the disappearance might not be accidental. He said, quote, There's no response. There's nobody yelling for help. There's no anything. So, either he's saying he left on purpose, or someone did something nefarious to him. In the article, they also mention another missing person that disappeared the exact same day as Terrence did in the Idaho woods, Connie Johnson. 
Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. How would you like to look five years younger? In a clinical study, people that had volume added with Juvederm Voluma XC in the cheeks perceived themselves as looking five years younger at six months after treatment. Look younger. Feel like you. Add volume for lift and contour in the cheeks with Juvederm Voluma XC. Reverse signs of aging by adding volume to smooth laugh lines with Juvederm Volure XC. For important safety information and to find a licensed specialist, visit Juvederm.com. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Not for people with severe allergic reactions, allergies to lidocaine, or the proteins used in Juvederm. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. There's a risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. Talk to a licensed specialist to find out if it's right for you. 76-year-old Connie Johnson disappeared from Fog Mountain, and this is about 56 miles from where Terrence Woods Jr. disappeared. Connie was with her dog Ace at a hunting camp that she worked at in Selway on Fog Mountain on October 5th, 2018. And I guess she worked as a cook and was very familiar with the area because she lived in Nez Perce. In an article I read on Valley News Today, they said Connie loved two things, the wilderness and education. She had been one of the founders of a group called the Selway Bitterroot Frank Church Foundation. The foundation's director, Sally Ferguson, explained more. She said, Really, Connie personified the vision of the foundation. She was a retired Forest Service, you know, a wilderness ranger. So she was able to give me a lot of background of the people she had worked with and what her goals and interests were. Connie had been a teacher in Iowa when she and a friend joined this group of teachers taking a class about wilderness leadership. And that friend, Jenny Elliott, spoke about her. She said, quote, she was all about exposing and passionately passing along her wilderness values to everyone she met. She did it through teaching, her excitement of what she did, and what she values and how special the wilderness was. I wish we could figure out how to clone the way she mentored people. Eventually, they had to return to their regular teaching jobs, but Johnson was very influenced by her experiences. So much so that she left her teaching job in Iowa and she moved to Idaho working with the Forest Service. She loved teaching young people about what she'd come to love, the wilderness. And as another friend stated, Connie was very smart and in incredible shape, which makes this disappearance even more puzzling. She was last seen when the hunters left the camp. They had radio contact with her the next day, but I guess it was very garbled and they couldn't understand what she was saying. By the time they got back to the camp, Connie was nowhere to be found. As Chris Adkins, another colleague, said, it's reconcilable. You know, what everyone is dealing with, with this, because like you said, 
this isn't some pilgrim's first rodeo. This is a woman who spent literally the last 25 years of her life, most of them on foot in the wilderness alone, doing her wilderness range work. And if there's anybody that has a skill set that positions them to beat this, it's Connie. So just like with Terrence, the search for Connie was eventually called off. Roughly three weeks after she went missing, her border collie Ace was found at the Moose Creek Ranger Station. But alas, he was without his owner. Ace was a little thin, but he was in good shape. He was fed and then taken out in the hopes that he would lead searchers to Connie Johnson. But that did not yield any leads. Connie's daughter, Nicole Saylor, speculates that her mother may have gotten caught up in some bad weather. And since her dog turned up without her, it made Nicole and her sister Christy fear the worst, which is so sad. Many people on online forums think that her dog might have chased something deep into the woods, and then she may have gone after it and fallen or just had some kind of medical issue. A few years before she went missing, Connie Johnson recorded an oral history for the Selway Bitterroot Foundation, which today seems very bittersweet. She said, quote, I don't remember being really afraid of anything. I'm a spiritual and faithful person, and I kind of gave over my life to, you know, there's God taking care of me. And I know that, but I did learn to, and I don't remember being fearful. There were lightning storms, and there were creek crossings, and there were lots of challenging things physically. But I'm not naturally an impatient person, and this taught me, since I was by myself, to be very careful about where you put your feet. You know, Connie, if you get hurt, there's nobody that's going to help you. You're on your own. So it taught me to plan ahead about how I would negotiate this or that. Or how I would deal with the water supply or bee stings and that kind of thing. I just love being in that place so much. It just took care of me, you know. It's a pretty overwhelming feeling to look up into those hills. And especially being a flatlander like I was. I'm still in awe of the power of those mountains. And the power of the weather and the creeks. And just the sheer hugeness of it. And the fact that we're not in control of everything. While researching both cases for the podcast, I stumbled upon others that have seemingly vanished into thin air into the wilds of Idaho. I also found the first one that I'm going to mention on strangeoutdoors.com. On September 30th, 1990, 42-year-old Susan Seymour Adams vanished while on a camping trip with her husband, Tom. They were near Battle Lake in the Selway Bitterroot Wilderness. The Selway Bitterroot actually covers this very wide range. So it goes from Bitterroot National Forest, Clearwater, Lobo, Nez Perce National Forest. covers all of that. So Tom and Susan had been planning this camping trip for quite some time. And they even paid a tour company called the Iron Horse Outfitters. Unlike Connie, Susan wasn't familiar with the woods, but she thought this would be a fun adventure. Susan and her husband got to the campgrounds around September 23rd. And this had been a seven-hour trip by horseback to get where they were camping. And the festivities there included some bird watching, which would be Susan's last known activity. She had stayed behind at the camp while Tom went hunting with some of the others, 
Hunting just wasn't her thing. And while there, she said she was going to go off and do some bird watching. She only took a camera and binoculars with her. You know, obviously she wasn't going to be far or didn't plan on being gone too long. Tom came back from hunting and was told that his wife went bird watching. However, time passed and she never returned. He went to the area where she had headed, following her footsteps. He told police, I followed footprints to a place about 20 yards from the meadow where the tracks just stopped. So after a fruitless search by the tour company, the authorities were eventually called in. But the weather hindered a couple of days' critical search. The sheriff thinks that she died out there in the wilderness. A second, even more extensive search was later conducted to try to find her remains. A psychic was consulted and said that she felt Susan had fallen off a cliff and had succumbed to head injuries. She felt her body was close, about like three to five miles from the camp. So this last story I read is really heartbreaking. It's about little baby Dior Coons Jr., who disappeared on July 10th, 2015. The little two-year-old had been on this impromptu camping trip with his parents, Jessica and Dior Sr., and his grandfather, Robert Walton, and a friend of Robert's named Isaac Reinwald. They headed for Timber Creek Campground in Lemhi County, Idaho, which is part of the Salmon Chalice National Forest. Little Dior had been left with his grandfather at the camp so that they could go fishing. And he said he looked away for just a moment, and when he looked back, the baby was nowhere in sight. Apparently, suspicion quickly fell onto his parents, who were named as suspects but never charged. Another sheriff just said that they were only persons of interest. So there were two private investigators working on the case that left due to their fears that the parents' possible involvement in their son's disappearance. It's really sad. But the stress of the circumstances broke up their relationship. Jessica, I guess, remarried not long after the divorce. And then when she did, she left their apartment with their belongings. But it included a jacket that little Dior was supposedly wearing when it went missing. So this led to a lot of suspicion. When a new investigator started on the case, cadaver dogs were brought into the camp and they alerted police to remains, but these remains turned out not to be human. This whole story is so sad. You know, I don't know too much about it. Regardless of how he went missing, the tragedy is that he is most certainly dead. I can't fathom what his family went through. I don't know if they had anything to do with it or not. But you have to feel for anyone that knew this little baby, especially that grandfather who supposedly saw him and was the last one to see him. When you look at the pictures of him, he was so cute. In all these cases, it's just so strange that remains were never found. It adds that supernatural element that seems so terrifying when you think of how ominous the woods can be. And that's what also gets me. I know these areas are vast, so that makes it like a needle in a haystack, but you just think someone would stumble upon, like, clothing or something. There are logical theories as to how these people disappeared. There's always foul play. Another is possible animal attacks. Like I said, there's lots of meat-eating animals in these areas. 
Many people think there could be something called terminal burrowing due to exposure. When people are hurt or going to die, they tend to burrow in a spot, a lot like animals do. The most intriguing theory is that of high place phenomenon, or the call of the void. It's described as this impulse you feel when you're about to do something with a high risk of danger, like the urge to drive into traffic or jump from a bridge. I think we've all kind of experienced that and not really understood it. Evidently, people get this urge when they are in high places. The wildest theory is that of panic in the woods, and it's associated with the god Pan, hence the name. People feel an overwhelming sense of foreboding or danger, and it causes them to flee. Often the person will go very quiet before this happens. And as wild as that sounds, it does sound exactly what Terrence Woods Jr. did according to the film crew. They recalled that he'd been unusually quiet the day he took off. So those were the strange disappearances in the Idaho wilderness. Check out the mysteries at the National Parks. It's a really interesting show. I was able to watch it on demand on Hulu. And some of the stories have these really eerie supernatural takes, which I love. The one about Mount Shasta is very creepy. You have to watch that one at least. Or just look up some of the strange occurrences there. It's really fascinating. If you like the podcast, I always appreciate a good review. That always helps. And if you really like the podcast, you can always lend your support via Patreon. Or you can use Acast support feature and donate. I always appreciate it. Thank you, Brandy, for being the most recent Patreon. And you can join the Red Ron Blonde Facebook group and discussion group. I want to welcome newest members, Lynette, Franco, and Hannah. Hannah's a really good friend of mine. She makes clothes, and she's the height of cool. And I absolutely love her and her husband, Mike, so much. They're really great people. I'm always very surprised and happy when someone I know listens to the podcast. Thank you, everyone that listens. And remember, you can find the podcast on Spotify, iHeartRadio, iTunes, Acast, or, you know, wherever you listen to podcasts. Thank you so much for listening and catch you guys next week. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. ACAST powers the world's best podcasts. Here's a show that we recommend. The Real Housewives is a guilty pleasure for most, but if you're looking to not feel guilty about that pleasure, tune in to Everything Iconic with me, Danny Pellegrino, where I break down all the messy moments and behind-the-scenes antics of Bravo's popular franchise. And on Everything Iconic, I also interview celebrity guests like Kelly Ripa, Kiki Palmer, Drew Barrymore, Cameron Diaz, and more about their guilty pleasures, their past work, and so much more. So if you're pop culture obsessed and find yourself watching way too much reality TV like me, tune in to Everything Iconic with Danny Pellegrino, wherever you listen to podcasts. ACAST helps creators launch, grow, and monetize their podcasts everywhere. ACAST.com.